on today's Locked On Texan podcast, part two of the Wakanda episode, looking at the offense in general, and are we trusting Nick Casario? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a hump day episode of the Locked On Texas Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am one half of your host, John, some sports guy Hickman, and of course, I'm joined by none other. This Sports Illustrated's own Texan Credential Media member, Cody Davis. Part two of today's show. Yes, sir. Episode. Brandon K. Scott is back. Big stars. Brian Bearfield is back. And so we got to talk Texans. Cody, take us away. Yeah, Sarge, I'm going to start off with you. There was a lot of talks going into training camp, going into preseason about this wide receiving core. 53-man roster is officially set. What are your thoughts about this wide receiving core heading into the 2023 campaign? First of all, thank you, Cody Davis and John Hickman, for having me on the Locked On Texas podcast. I really appreciate that today. Thank you. Uh, this receiving core. So, Cody, you and I have talked off, um, you know, off camera, offline. And my one biggest concern when it comes to this, okay, let me put it like this. It wasn't really a concern until the Houston Texans started having offensive line issues. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the interior uh Juice Scruggs, the center, and Kenyon Green, when they went down, that made me focus extra, a little bit more, on this wide receiver group. And then it brought to my attention that I understand that they're gonna that they want to bring Ricky wide receiver Tank Dell along slowly and they wanted him to get acclimated into playing into an NFL system, but they may have to play him quicker than what they think. Because when you look at the starting wide receiver core, they don't really have anybody that can get that separation that CJ is going to need because we don't know how much time he's going to have. Yes, of course, once Titus Howard comes back, we know that he's going to be protected on his left with Laramie Tunsil and on his right, with Titus Howard, he has the bookend tackles to protect him, but that pressure coming from, you know, from the inside and excuse me, Shaq Mason at right guard. So we know that he has his right side protected, but that interior part with that pressure. And once those defensive coordinators figure that out, they're going to, uh, you know, focus on that weakness part of the Houston Texans offensive line. With that being said, when you have an older wide receiver like Robert Woods, who can't get separation like he used to, Noah Brown, who can't get separation. He's a great possession receiver, but he's not really a guy that can stretch the field or uh, make defenses back off. You have Nico Collins, who once he gets, you know, he's not a speedster, but he does have the type of speed that can separate. He just has to get going. It's not that quick off the line separation. And so when you have those three, you're waiting on them to get open. He may not have that time. So with, with Tank Dell being in it, I'm not saying that Tank Dell is um, – what's the guy's name? Oh, my God, is I'm drawing a blank right now. The wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. He's not Tyreek Hill. 
So mm -hmm. you don't have to respect his speed in that manner. You just have to respect the fact once he gets the ball into his hands, the type of plays that he can make happen. So they don't have that speedster. They don't have that separator. All they have is a guy that once he gets the ball in his hands, he can make things happen, and that's in Tank, in tank Dale. But like I said, he's a rookie. So coming on as a rookie, he still has to get acclimated at playing at NFL game speed. He didn't get a lot of snaps during the preseason. And even though he was very prolific in college, this is the NFL. This is the big boys. Uh, I don't know if you all heard uh, Sauce Gardner from the New York Jets talking to Jalen Hyatt, if I, right, out of uh, for the New, New York, York Giants. The, Jet, the Giants, yeah. Yeah, and telling him, hey, man, you with the big boys now. And so that's what Tank Dale is going to have to realize early. Hey, you're playing against the big boys now. And you don't have John Mechie, who isn't, who also isn't, a speedster, but is a very good wide receiver. So they need help right now at that wide receiver position. And I think that that took a turn and that brought to light more focus on that wide receiver group when they lost their center and their left guard. Hey, Scott, man, I want to look at the running back group. And so we know right now going into the first game of the season, playing them against the Baltimore Ravens, offensive line banged up. Jerry Patterson will presumably be the starting center. I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. But this is a team that still wants to establish the run. We know that. We've seen them try to do it through our preseason and training camp. Are you confident in the running backfield that's led by Damian Pierce? And looking at Damian Pierce, are you concerned with his play style because of the amount of hits he initiates. Yeah, I, I think with Damian Pierce's play style, that's always going to be a concern, but it's part of the, I think this is a term that Nick Casario has used, cost of doing business. Like he's so good at that, running right into your chest, um, inviting contact. And the thing about Damian Pierce is that he'll invite contact, but can also make you miss as well. Like he's got enough suddenness and wiggle in his game to also make you miss. So he, he's got that part of his game. I wouldn't too much concern myself about it because this is just the player that he is. You know, how long does that last? How sustainable is that? I mean, that'll be up to, you know, Damian Pierce's own body to decide, and we'll have to just wait and see. But in terms of his playing style, I feel like it's right on brand for what they want to be. And I would marry these conversations, the question that Cody asked Sarge, you know, talking about the wide receivers and then now talking about the running game. The way I really see this playing out, because I think all of our I think we all share the same concerns about the wide receiving core, but I still see this playing out as a run first team, a team that focuses its identity on being more so about brute strength, more so than finesse and, and, and let's say speed. And they don't try to hit you in the mouth. I think this is going to be really a hit you in the mouth type of offense. Now, the question is. Do they have the guys up front still to do that? Because as we all know, the offensive line that they intended to come into the season with is not the one that they are going to start the season with. So there is a fair and open question as to, aside from the wide receiving core, but just talking about the running game and the identity of the team. Can they be exactly who they say they want to be? Which is a thing that they struggled with over the last couple of years. They tell you want to be one thing, but they can't really be it. They don't have the personnel to be it. Don't really necessarily stick with the philosophy long enough to be whatever it is. So I would say all of that to say that the running game to me is supposed to be the strength of the team and the strength of the offense. Damian Pierce, 
until otherwise. And I look, I'm part of the Tankdale fan club as well. But until we see otherwise, that is their best offensive weapon right now. That's their best offensive player to run this offense through Damian Pierce. Let Devin Singletary get in there. Let Mike Boone get in there. I'm trying to see how much does it open up downfield the running game. Um, the, the the things that this highlights for me the most the the issue with the offensive line and and not having a lot of talent in the wide receiving core. Two things: what's this running game? How strong is this running game going to be? And the second thing is Bobby Slowick. Because buddy, you got to scheme up some guys that don't necessarily like Sarge was saying and like we were saying the other day don't necessarily create some separation so how do you account for that to me it's the running game and it's the scheme well can i john can i ask you a question real quick with that being said if you're a defensive coordinator aren't you automatically playing almost eight in the box to make them prove especially make them prove to me i mean i'm sorry make them prove to you that they can run the ball or that they can pass the ball, excuse me, because they already know going into the game that Damian Pierce is going to be the focal point. So if you're a defensive coordinator, are you already adjusting to the run and saying that the wide receivers are going to have to prove it and C.J. Stroud is going to have to prove and show me that, you know, that ball placement and that accurate arm that everybody's been talking about? Yeah, I would say majority of the time, right? I, I think it definitely depends on – if Houston is rolling, there's opportunities for this offense to maybe get rolling on the ball. And uh, maybe the wide receivers are connected with – CJ is connected with the wide receivers. Uh, the running game is on point. I think for the most part, when you look at the, a team, I think the best drive for Houston throughout the preseason, the one that they scored on, you saw Damian Pierce get active in the run game, right? And so with that run game getting established, okay, now we do have a 6'4 receiver that – you know, have some speed, and we have a quarterback that's accurate. So now, the run, the offense is not so one-dimensional. Um, they're running that ball, man. Then yeah, you, you know, you got to prove to me something. But I think it just depends on how that Sunday game is going for Houston in that offense, and if everybody's connecting on all cylinders. We, got, we saw a lot of drops, a few drops in the preseason, and so those are opportunities to where. You know what? These wide receivers ain't really about nothing right now. I can put eight in the box. I can't force you to have that wide receiver win the game because from what we've seen to this point, in the sample size, it hasn't been the case. I think I think that uh, just to add real quickly, um, Cody, I think that Dalton Schultz is going to be a big part of this. Oh He's gosh. going to be the second mm-hmm. part. If, like B. Scott said, if we're going to start with Damian Pierce, Dalton Schultz is going to be the second option on almost – if it's not Damian, it's Dalton. Last two seasons, Dalton Schultz came up second in targets and receptions for the Dallas Cowboys. That offense features C.D. Lamb. There is no C.D. Lamb here in Houston. So my prediction – I did this on my Bleach Report – Bold prediction. My prediction is Dalton Schultz will lead this team in receptions. Yeah, maybe yeah. not yards because he's very Jaden Whitten-ish. He will catch it and fall. <laughs> he ain't making too many moves, but he, he ain't blocking for you either. He ain't getting you no good blocks. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> but he, he'll give you he'll give you those catches. He'll be that security blanket, and he'll be he'd be very important to keep this offense moving. Right. Well, so, well, and, I, I think Dallas Sauce would be phenomenal for this offense. And, and also, just on that, and we talk about loading up the box, like I, I think that for a couple of things with CJ, I don't think that this is going to be a staff specifically with CJ at quarterback that's going to be afraid to take shots and to take chances if that's the look that 
the defense gives them. And then I would just remind the audience, I'm sure all, all of us sitting here know this, and most of the people listening, I imagine, watching, I imagine, understand this too. But keep in mind how much work this offense does in the middle of the field. And going back to the point about Dalton Schultz and whatever slot receivers, and then Tank Dell as a as just kind of a, a X factor wild card. We really don't know how much and in what ways they're going to use him, but feel like they could do whatever they want with him. So like they're gonna they're gonna get their money in the middle of the field, and Dalton Schultz is gonna be a big part of it. No matter why you save, Harry's has you covered for the best save of your life at a price you'll love. From their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you the premium shave without the premium price tag. The starter set is a 13-value starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel and a travel cover schedule a delivery uh schedule deliveries for refills as low as two dollars half of what you pay for the blade so listen you cannot beat that harrys.com backslash nfl harrys has the highest customer satisfaction in the saving industry and they're still offering a no risk trial don't like your save no worries it's on harrys get a 13 dollars set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 set. Thanks again for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. The Locked On Ultimate NFL Season Preview is here. The seven-episode extravaganza brings opinions, analysts, and plenty of debate from all 32 of our Locked On NFL hosts with added insight from our national experts. It's a can't-miss series before the season kicks off. Catch every episode on Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. As we look at the 53-man roster total outlook on the defensive side of the ball, Sarge, I want to go right to you. Are you confident in the linebacker group? And how the group was put together. Let me add that as well. So when you say that, and, and I and the only reason I'm asking you is because I want to make sure that I have clarity and that I'm you know clear and precise in what I'm about to say. When you say confident, what do you mean by confident? When you look at this linebacker group from this year, mm-hmm. are you more confident in that group than the previous group from the 2022 campaign? And I take it a step further and ask, are you satisfied with the depth of the linebacker group? I'm not as confident because they have a lot of young players that they're going to be asking to do things. Christian Harris going into his second year, but I mean, what is it? By the time he makes it to halfway in the season, then he'll be would have played a complete season, even though he's in his second year. Mm-hmm. And so with him, with you know Henry Toa Toa getting some run as a rookie uh, with Denzel Perryman. It's like when I look at that linebacker group, when I look at that linebacker core, and we also have to remember that this is a brand-new defensive scheme for these guys. And so now you Christian Harris has to learn a whole new defensive scheme. Denzel Perryman has to learn a new different scheme. And, you know, you have guys, like I said, Henry Toa Toa coming out of – 
the you know coming out of college into the pros. Now, uh, when it comes to the depth, I, I I'm hesitant to say because I don't know what I'm going to get from uh, Jake Hansen, and I don't know what I'm going to get from Blake Cashman. Now, I do know that I'm going to get someone that hustles in Blake Cashman. I do know that I'm more confident playing. Blake Cashman than I am Hanson. But if I'm going to, if I need a guy that's just going to go commando, I'm going to play Neville Hewitt because Neville Hewitt is one of those guys that he may not, you know, know every play. And that's no knock at him. He may not know every play, but in his mind, all he knows is get to the ball. There's the ball, get to the ball. So I don't have a lot of confidence when it comes to this linebacker group plus their. When you look at them, a lot of them don't have the full NFL weight just yet. You know, they're very light at the linebacker position. So they're going to depend on that on that front four to make a lot of those stops or hold up a lot of those offensive linemen trying to get to the second level. Some of those backs coming out of the backfield that may be bigger than some of those guys trying to slow, you know, slow them down. So I I at this point in time, John, going into the first game of the season against the Baltimore Ravens, I'm not as confident that this is a strong group, and I'm not as confident as a as this being a group that has a lot of depth. Because if you have an injury to Christian Harris, now what do you do? You know, you can bring in, like I said, you you can bring in some guys, but these guys are still getting acclimated to this defensive system. And the good thing, though. The good thing about it is D'Amico Ryans used to play linebacker, so he's going to be able to coach these guys up and put them in a position where they need to be. So I'm thinking by the middle of by by, by the middle of the season, maybe week seven, week eight, you know, these guys will definitely be up to speed. Brandon, um, I want to ask you uh, kind of a similar question, but do you think the secondary is top heavy? Because when you look at corner, you look at safety. Um, you already know who's going to be out there in the safety group. You got Jalen Petrie, you got um, Jimmy Ward, and then the cornerback, you got Darius Stanley Jr. and Steven Nelson. However, when you take a look at the overall depth outside of these starters, there's somewhat of a dip in talent a dip in reliability, especially when you consider, especially in the cornerback group, that they're going into the season without the services of Desmond King. On the point about the secondary, Cody, if I'm going to be honest with you, like I feel like I might disagree with you and Sarge on both the, the second. Like I feel more confident in the linebackers now than I did before, simply because I like Denzel Perryman more than I like Christian Kirksey. I think, I think Christian Harris in year two will be better as a – uh, as a second-year player than he was as a rookie. And then the last part that Sarge mentioned was the key, D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, between his coaching, he coached linebackers, played linebacker, is the defensive coordinator. I think that that's going to help that group. So I'm I'm still underwhelmed. We might agree a little bit more than what I'm saying because mm-hmm. I'm still underwhelmed by that group overall. But I think I like them a little bit more than I did last year. Cody, on the secondary that you asked me about, I actually feel kind of good, man. Like you said, you talked about wow. the, the dip in talent. There's always going to be a dip in talent between your starters and your reserves. But you're telling me that you're going to double back your safeties after Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie with Eric Murray and NJ Stewart. Back when Eric Murray was starting for this team, I didn't feel great about it. But Eric Murray as a backup safety, I can live with that. 
MJ Stewart as a backup safety. I can live with that. Now, the corner position is where it's interesting at because obviously Steven Nelson um, came back and got paid, and that's good. But I thought mm -hmm. that Shaq Griffin was a little bit of an insurance policy there just in case that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with Steven Nelson, in case that fell apart, or they had to cut him or whatever it was. But hey, he could be an insurance policy for Derek Stingley, who's somebody who still has to prove he can get through an entire season healthy. You know, and if he does, he's clearly and obviously CB1. You know, there's no question to me about his talent and ability. But, I mean, honestly, like, I'm okay with the back end of this. I, I'm okay with this defense. I would even go as far as to say you know, I'm excited about the defense. Sarge got us excited talking about Will Anderson going to be better than J.J. Watt. I'll drink the Kool-Aid. Hold some more of that Kool-Aid, Sarge. Add some sugar, and I'll drink it with you, dog. Um, and then from the linebackers, I, I do think that they're better. I, again, if I had to say what group impresses me the least on the three levels of the defense it would probably be the linebacker core but i don't feel bad about it and the secondary i actually feel really strong about like honestly man if you get to playing your backups anyway you're in a far less than ideal position but mm -hmm. um but i'm hoping like aside from the idea of backups playing i want Derek stingley to get through the season healthy because i want Derek stingley doggone it to get through the season healthy I want to yeah. see what that looks like. Obviously, you don't want his backups playing. And okay. then, you know, uh, like I said, the safeties, I feel pretty good about, you know, if one of the safeties was to go down, that you at least have an NFL safety out there, even if he's a backup. But, B, real quick, that's why, you know, I, I you know, I think John tried to set me up by giving me the, the if I'm looking at all three phases and what I mean by the defensive line, the linebackers, and the safety, he gave me the linebacker position when I could have clearly talked about how strong the defensive line is or how strong the the secondary is. But he's like, no, Sarge, you a Henry Toa Toa guy. You 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 all in on Henry Toa Toa. Let me hear you talk about him. So but I want to say this before you say this too, B, real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. And I, 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 when you were talking about the secondary, I will say this. I And Cody, I think you will agree with me on this. One thing that I like about having a football guy in, in Coach D'Amico Ryans, and this is no knock at Lovey Smith, but I think that the game and the defenses had passed him by. When you have a younger, a, a younger guy who played the played on the defensive side of the ball, who was very successful playing on the defensive side of the ball and coached the defensive side of the ball, there's a different look and a different he has a different outlook on things. He has a different way that he can approach and talk to the players and he has a different way that he can coach them up. With that being said, what they did by saying, okay, we're going to keep, we're going to cut Desmond King, but we're going to keep Graylin Arnold because we know mm -hmm. that he can play the safety position, but he also can play the nickel corner. He also can play in the slot and he's, he, look, he's the, the, pretty much the same size as most of the slot receivers, <laughs> right? Yeah. He, he has speed. He has shifting and he's a ball hawk. And so, and he doesn't mind sacrificing his body. He will throw his body into any tackle. It does not matter. You have a guy who you think about it, man. It takes a special person to play special teams, running full speed, knowing that you're about to get hit. But uh, I think Indy told me one time, playing special teams is like running into a brick wall. Like every time you're running down down the field. So I like that he had slot corner was my biggest concern. But I do like the fact that Graylin Arnold is going to get more time there.
Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, theater near you, Houston. So listen, with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Flash deals and last-minute tickets is what Game Time is offering. That's the Game Time app experience, right? Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get the exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, comedy, concerts, theater, and much more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the same tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Make moments that last with game time download the game time app create an account and use promo code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms and conditions apply again create an account at game time redeem promo code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase welcome back in locked on text and listeners and viewers before we close out today's show part two of the wakanda episode of the locked on Texas podcast Trusting Nick Casario. Last week, Cody and I gave Casario our own personal grades. Don't want to limit you guys to grades, but just the overall feel, uh, B. Scott, of trusting Nick Casario. Are you there yet? Can you put faith in him, or are you still uh, having your reservations? Yeah, I, I think that that's what this year is about. This is about Nick Casario gaining and establishing trust. You know, I, I don't think. And, and, and I think if you asked him, he'd probably have to cop to this and admit to this. There's really nothing about the last couple of years that instills trust. It has not been good enough. It has not been up to standard. But I do think that they are, you know, on the brink of something, on the brink of something that is uh, that is positive, starting with the hire of D'Amico Ryans and then going with the draft pick. I mean, Nick Osirio just got two things this past offseason that I don't think he had, I, not that I don't think he had, that I know he didn't have in his first couple of years here. And that's a legitimate head coach and a quarterback that you can really believe in as your future. And I think he's going to step in right away and be better than any quarterback that they've had. Obviously, Deshaun Watson was on the team 2021, but any actual quarterback that they had on the team the last couple of years since Nick Casario has been here. So just by those two personnel moves alone, I think they're going to, improve the the overall results but how much can you trust nick casario as the talent evaluator as the mcnairs like to tout him as the elite talent evaluator we are going to see this is the year where that's actually going to get to be proven or disproven because we have now two full draft classes to go off of we have it'll be the third free agency class that we will have to have gone off of and so i mean i i think that what we've seen over the last couple of years has been a lot of excuse making that was also justifiable. You know, like, is this an excuse or a reason? Is this an excuse or an explanation? I think they've had a lot of both, you know, a lot of excuses, but a lot of like, yeah, well, I can see how when your franchise quarterback goes through what he, what he put this franchise through and what the situation was there and your cap situation and your draft situation, how it goes the way it went but you don't have none of that no more like all of that is over with so that's why to me this year is even more critical why i feel like you know aside from the fact that they traded away their own draft pick and that hey 
that chicken got to come home to roost as well, right? That's another reason why you need to see Will Anderson. If he ain't better than J.J. Watt, like Sar said, <laughs> he at the very least need to be pretty damn good and pretty damn good immediately. Like, that's that's a requirement just based off of the moves that you made to go get him. So, to me, I like, I don't, I don't know how you could say, based off of what we've seen, that you wholeheartedly trust Nick Casario. But this is a year for everybody to prove a lot of things. Sarge, and this is going to piggyback off of everything that B. Scott just said because it leads perfect into my question. But do you think the pressure that we are starting to see thrown at Nick Casario, do you think it's fair? Because when me and John did our evaluations, we both gave him a C, and it goes back to everything that B. Scott just said. I mean, yes, it was a lot of excuses. Like you hired David Cully, Lovey Smith, you know, you everything that was going on with your with your quarterback. And we all know other stuff that was going on with this organization behind closed doors that we're not going to get into. So it was like, okay, we understood why the first two years of his tenure he moved the way he did. However, this is year three. And it seems like there is a lot of pressure on him to make sure that this franchise immediately change the tone and get this rebuilding started and moving in the right direction. So let, let me say this, first of all, if, you know, Larry Tunsil was on the podcast and he said he trusts Nick Casario, he, he loves Nick Casario, he likes what Nick Casario has done. So, I mean, if Larry can trust him, I'm pretty sure I can trust him too, because, you know, I think Larry is a very, very good guy, but, with that being said, none of you all have ever been stepfathers, correct? Not technically. Well, I did date this girl that did have a baby, but it ain't last too long. Right, right. I was going to say, yeah. So anyway, like I was saying, <laughs> none of you all have ever been stepfathers. I have twice. My late wife had four kids from a previous marriage. My wife now has two kids. From a previous marriage and just to throw that out there you know they, they they had the same baby daddy for all their kids you got to say that these days but with that being said as a stepfather you come into a situation that has already been established not of your own doing but you're coming into a situation and you're trying to make sure that you're that you have to put your rules and, and get get the people to, to follow you and to listen to what you have to say and make sure that, that the things that you're doing are the right things. These kids, you know, and I'm, and I'm still using the stepfather example, you know, when I step into their lives, they don't know how, how far they can trust me. And then I'm coming into a bad situation because guess what? Mom just, mom divorced dad. Now I'm the new person showing up. They got to come in and clean up the mess. And so it's going to take me some time to win over their trust, first of all, and to let them know, hey, I'm not like the, the previous guy or I'm not like that person. So I say all that and I preface all that to say that Nick Casario inherited a mess, a true mess. And I don't think that people really understand how bad this Houston Texans franchise was, not just on the field, but in the front office. It was terrible. A lot of things went on. Even when they was courting Nick the year prior and almost got those tampering charges, <laughs> Nick knew that it was bad coming in, and he still took the job. Same way with Coach D'Amico Ryans. 
He knew it was bad, but he still took the job. We're not expecting uh, D'Amico Ryans to go to the AFC Championship this year, right? We're not looking at a Super Bowl mm-hmm. berth for the Houston Texans next year, right? So I don't think that we should we should have or we should be expecting that from Nick Casario even right now. Is there pressure on him? Of course, because he is going into year three. But the first two years, he, he used it to clean up to establish himself, to let the, the the organization and the players that were here know, hey, look, okay, I'm here. I know I'm the stepdaddy. I know I'm coming into the situation, but you can trust me. And if you follow me, we can go, you know, this way. We can move towards this way. So I, and, and this is unpopular, I, I know, but I have a lot of, I, I have a lot of trust in Nick Casario because, if you look at it, I know a lot of people are going to go back and they're going to say, let's just use Derek Stingley, for example, right? And they keep trying to harp on the fact that, oh, you know, he made the wrong pick by getting, by taking Derek Stingley instead of Sauce uh, Gardner. Well, hell, if I think about it, look at the two systems that they played in, and we've talked about this before. If you mm-hmm. switch the roles, Sauce Gardner is not an all pro. So, Sauce Gardner is not the rookie defensive player of the year. He is exactly what Derek Stingley was if he stays healthy last year. So now what do you do? He's one of the guys who said, I need D'Amico Ryans as well. So now if we're just looking at the draft picks because he gets knocked a lot for Derek Stingley Jr. But now I'm going to put him in the exact same system that Sauce Gardner played in, and now we're going to see. Ain't going to be no excuses, right, the next year. How many, we've talked about this before, and I know I'm getting long-winded, and I apologize, but John, on uh, on the last show, when I made my statement about Will Anderson, right? Remember that? About being better than J.J. Watt will be, right? That was yesterday. Yesterday. Nick Casario made the necessary adjustments and moves and trades to trade up to get Will Anderson Jr. at the number three position, correct? N- if Will Anderson comes out one year prior, where does he go? Is he top five still? Yeah. yeah. If Nick if Nick Casario does not make this move, is Will Anderson still top five? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand the knock, and I'm not talking about for you all, but I don't understand the knock on Nick Casario and why there's so much, and, and it's no shot at you, B. I'm just using what you said, but it's, it, it, with the pressure – on Will Anderson Jr. to be so great right off the rip. No, you got to give him an opportunity at a time. But you also got to congratulate Pat Nick, uh, Pat Nick, and D'Amico on the back for saying, "Hey, look, this guy is a top five talent." So you got your quarterback. I I, I love the fact that he stayed he, he he stayed steadfast at saying, "I'm not moving for number two. If you take mm-hmm. CJ, I'm gonna take Bryce. If you take Bryce, I'm gonna take CJ. I'm not giving up anything." to get in that position. I, I'm in the perfect position to know what I can get, and I'm staying right here. You had better give me an overhaul of picks in order if you want me to move from number two. That concludes another edition of the Wakanda Forever podcast here on Locked On Texans. B. Scott, Sarge, please tell the listeners and the viewers where they can follow you guys. Go ahead, yeah, B. Scott. Man. Yeah, at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, at B. Scott from Hiram Clark on Instagram. Holla at me. XR Sports with a Z at the end on the app, formerly known as Twitter. Um, you can find me at the same name at Instagram. Follow me on TikTok at Big Sarge Media. And make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel where the Texas Tailgate Talk is. 
As always, follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texan podcast on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.